sa Alabao. It's the What's It All About show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! How's everyone doing? Welcome to episode 15 of the What's It All About Elementary with me, Al Roberts. Uh, yeah, um, hope everyone's doing alright this week. We are back to normal scheduling. Apologies for not having the show ready for Monday last week. That was literally out of my control, sadly. But we smashed the episode out by Thursday. Hope you all enjoyed the last episode. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, uh, shout out to Timmy's Kitchen, as always. Uh, it's in Carlisle, uh, on Bochigate. For all your culinary vegan needs, get yourself down there. It's a lovely little bar and restaurant. Uh, go check it out if you're ever in the area. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, uh, let's knock on. Um, yeah, this week I'm going to be talking about uh, last night, well, obviously it's Sunday today when I'm recording the show, so uh, Saturday night, I should say, the fight night from this weekend, it was fucking awesome. Um, couple of big letdowns for myself, personally, but otherwise, on the whole, the card was fucking mint. Like, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Submissions all over the place, Bruce Buffers, uh, fucking... Uh, exquisite purple blazer yeah uh, great card absolutely amazing card um yeah i'm also going to talk about how ufc 254 got a bit of news on that that's the khabib gaethje uh title decider basically uh yeah that, that card's really coming together it's got some really fucking unreal fights so i'm going to talk about that um i'm going to talk about cards coming up in september uh mainly sort of the big fights from there that i'm really interested in uh, what else we got? And then I'm going to preview a little bit of next weekend's fight night card where it's going to be uh, Alice Overeem against Augusto Saki. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I hope everyone's had a great week, man. Um, yeah, it, I'm, I'm a bit battered, like, I'm not going to lie. My body feels like it's been hit with a truck. Um, but yeah, let's dive right into it, man. Um, yeah, last night's card was fucking great, to be honest. Absolutely great. Where to start, man? The prelims alone were absolutely finish friendly beyond belief. Um, you had four submissions right off the bat, which was amazing to see. Great seeing some, just amazing seeing some great groundwork off some fighters and just seeing a bit of not your normal everyday knockouts. Uh, there was two really competitive fights that are co and main the prelims alone. Then the main card was stacked full of great fights as well. Um, like I said, two personal letdowns for me, uh, two of my favourite favorite fighters lost, which I was a bit gutted about, but you know what, this, this sport is not, it's not overly given <laughs> to, to the favourites, um, unless obviously you're just a, some little glory hunter who only supports the best guys out there, and yeah, like you're going to have ups and downs as a fan, it, it is what it is, um, I think you've got to embrace it. I really do. As a fan, you've got to embrace these ups and downs. You've got to appreciate when one of your guys doesn't get the win and really, really rally for them when they do. It is what it is, in the words of uh, the great Max Holloway. So um, let's just dive in first in, man. Uh, opening opening the, the night was a uh, women's strawweight fight. The women's strawweight division, I keep telling people, watch this division. It has got some absolute killers in it. It's a newer division. It's only been around since probably last year or so. Um, obviously, uh, you have uh, Valentina Shevchenko who's the champion in that division who's just wrecking chicks left, right and centre. Uh, who Obviously, she was a title contender at Bantamweight. Dropped down at 125, found a home and has just been lighting girls up. Like she, pound for pound, one of the best fighters in the world. But the rest of that division is really fucking catching up to her. Are they there yet? No. Do not get me wrong, I'm not saying that this division's all of a sudden 
got a load of world beaters, but there is talent coming through and you can see it clearly in my eyes. Um, but yeah, opening fight was uh, Mallory Martin versus Hannah Cyphers. Uh, Mallory Martin with a beautiful rear naked choke in round two. All credit to Hannah Cyphers. It, it's a tough one because I think she's lost maybe her last three fights. But she has been fighting constantly during this this last couple of months. This last six months or so, she has been putting in work and taking any fight she can. She's she's a tough girl. She really is. Uh, she looked really good in the first round. Uh, really, really swarmed Mallory Martin. But Mallory Martin gets the job done in the second one with a rear naked choke. Beautiful finish. Beautiful submission. Um, it's a, I think Hannah Cyphers has to be very careful on the next fight she takes because... I'd be shocked if she's not already been cut. Um, she could quite easily get cut from the UFC this week, but you've got to give credit where credit's due. And you know what I mean? You've got to, hard to say, give her one more shot. Like, she's took fights and shot notice. She's fought non-stop during this whole pandemic. Give her one more shot. If she, hey, man, if she loses, then off to Bellator or something like that. But either way, great fight to kick off the night, honestly. Um, Mario Martin looking really good, but... Yeah, shame about Hannah Cyphers. Like I said, I've got a lot of respect for her. Like she does fight constantly, and she brings it every time she fights. She doesn't back down. She goes a hundred mile an hour. Good for her, but just a shame she didn't get win. But great win for Mallory Martin, though. Great win. And then we go into another women's strawweight fight. Um, Pollyanna Viana versus Emily Whitmere. This was one nasty fucking armbar. Um, if you get a chance to look at this fight, uh, check out the finish. It, the, the way uh, Whitmere's arm bends back, it was tight. Such a tight arm bar. And there was some serious hyperextension. Well, I don't know the extent if it was injured or not, the arm, but it was a beautiful arm bar. It was a savage arm bar at that. But yeah, two great submissions to kick off the night in the women's strawweight division. Like I say, watch that division, man. Like... I think that's, I think maybe in the next year, I think that could be the premier female division. I really do. I think there's a lot of girls going up from 115 pounds. And I think there's a lot of girls coming down from 135 pounds to clash in the middle. So it's really interesting. Uh, next guy I want to talk about, who got an absolutely amazing uh, guillotine finish in the second round. is a guy called Sean Brady. He's, um, he's done the rounds. He's fought a couple of times recently. And he, he's looking good. Um, real stocky, really heavy built welterweight. Um, very highly regarded in his jiu-jitsu game. And he fought uh, Christian Aguilera, who was coming off a great knockout from a few months ago. Um, he, looked in, he looked like another killer coming up at welterweight. But uh, Sean Brady is a beast, man. Like That guy, his striking is looking really good. I think he looks a real powerful striker. Um, I think he's going to build his confidence in that area in the next couple of months, uh, next couple of fights, I should say, really. Uh, but yeah, great fight, great back and forth in the first round. Second round, Sean Brady just snapped up a guillotine and put um, put Aguilera to kip, just put him to sleep. It was it was nasty. It was a nasty guillotine. Um, from what um, how was it then? Paul Felder was doing commentary, Paul Felder's a teammate of Sean Brady, he was saying that um, basically he snatches everyone up with that guillotine, so yeah, uh, he's one to watch, I think he's definitely a guy who's going to really uh, go go up and get better and better in that welterweight division, Just, that division's stacked enough as it is, more talent the better, like. but yeah, great finish, um, then we had a featherweight fight between... Um, UFC veteran Alex Caceres, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy, against um, newcomer Austin Springer. This fight, this fight to me, just looked, I don't know, like Austin Springer looked like, I don't know, he just didn't look like he had the, uh, he didn't look like his skill set was really up for taking on a veteran in the UFC like Alex Caceres. He uh, just, I don't know, there was something about, the way he moved and and everything that just it shouted to me that he wasn't quite ready for the UFC. Um, Alex Caceres almost slept him with a, a beautiful um, lead head kick from 
the left-hand side that just cracked Springer, and you could see he was a bit wobbled after that. Hey, man, Springer, Austin Springer brought it in this fight. I think he took the fight on short notice. Don't hold me to that. But he brought it. He went for it. Do not get me wrong. He put up a good fight. But Alex Caceres has got a he's got a real sneaky back take. Like he's very much um, standing orientated. Obviously, coming off his uh, decision win against Chase Hooper a few months ago, Alex Caceres striking. He's not going to knock you out in one shot by any means, but he is a flashy striker. A lot of spinning shit. A lot of wheel kicks. A lot of uh, sort of question mark kicks. Crazy technical shit like that. He's a good fighter, man. Like I think he's just one of them guys who he's he's took it the hard way. Really, he's took um yeah. I think he, I think he's handful for anyone at featherweight though. I'll say that I think he, I think he can hold his own. He's had a lot of lot of losses, a lot of wins in his UFC uh, tenure. But another thing to mention is he's got rid of the afro. Um, he, yeah, it was different. It was definitely different seeing him without that trademark afro, but. I also I do think that he put on a great performance and like I said, great uh, rear naked choke. He's really good at sneaking the back. Like he's caught quite a few people in that rear naked choke. He's fast at it. He's fast at the setup. He's fast at getting the hooks in. He's fast at getting that arm under the chin. So yeah, great win for Alex Caceres. I think that uh, I think they said on the commentary it's his first win streak since two two thousand and sixteen. So that explains he's very much a win win one lose one fighter. But yeah. Great, great for him to get a win. Austin Springer, I don't think that guy's ready for the UFC, but don't hold me to that. I might be wrong. That guy might just come out and blaze people in the next couple of fights, but I, I just didn't see it from him. That's just from my point of view, but I don't mean that in a disrespectful way by any means. I'm just being, I'm just being realistic. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Uh, middleweight, we had um, uh, Alessio de Chirico. Uh, versus Zach Cummins. Zach Cummins getting a, a stern decision win. It was it was an interesting fight. This because Zach Cummins has got a real clunky stand up. His stand up has got way better over the years. He's also a, a mountain of a middleweight who used to fight a welterweight. Great grappling. Uh, don't get me wrong. Didn't use it at all in this fight though. Didn't really didn't really utilize the wrestling, which I think he I would have liked to see him use more. I actually quite like Zach Cummins. I think he's I don't think he's a bad fighter at all. Um, quite linear in the sense of he's very wrestling based but his stand up has looked better but he's very he's quite herky jerky with his stand up it's, but it also comes across as from my point of view quite unpredictable but um, yeah it was back, quite a good back and forth fight really uh, with about one second to go in the third round Cummins landed an absolute peach of a lead head kick and pretty much knocked uh, Tichirico out pretty much he wasn't out but the bell went as he as he was getting up, and he was wobbly to say the least. If he'd if he'd hit that head kick five seconds earlier, I think he would have got a knockout win. But I, I had Cummins winning the fight, close. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was a good fight. Good to see Zach Cummins get a get a good win under his belt. Um, the the main the main um the main prelim fight, um, man, this was an absolute just slogger, just both guys just went in there and threw bombs at each other for like three rounds. Uh, Mackie Patolo, a guy who I've really, really enjoyed fighting, he's coming up, just came off a loss against uh, UK standout Darren Stewart. Uh, he was fighting uh, Impa Kazangane, Kazangane, um, I believe, Kazangane, I think, I believe that's how he pronounced his name. is, Man, this guy really impressed me. Um, bear in mind, like one thing that's really important about this: both these guys, um, Kazagane and Maki Patolo, both took these fights on three weeks' notice. Uh, that's incredible to then go. Like stylistically, it was a perfect fight. Like both guys, heavy, heavy strikers. Uh, Impa really impressed me with his power. Like, and Maki Patolo has a jaw on him. Uh, Patolo's nicknames are. Um, coconut bombs and you can see it both guys are stocky muscly middleweights and they they blatantly just both knockout artists but both guys man like three rounds i had uh, i had him partake in the fight like pretty clearly after the second and third round um bit of damage done at the end of the first on on patolo great fight though man like i've really enjoyed this fight 
really enjoyed it. It was it was great to watch. It's two heavy hitters going in at each other. Um, yeah, really impressed with um, Kazagang here. <laughs> um, I'm really impressed with his power and his striking. And really impressed with uh, Maki Patolo's jaw. Man, he took some absolute bombs and didn't once go down. So, uh, yeah, but I think uh, Maki Patolo is a guy who, once he... Um, he did seem to fade later on in the fight, but when you're carrying that much muscle, I don't think it's that shocking. I think if he can tighten a few things up, I think he's going to be a real threat in middleweight. I really do. I think he's he's got the right build for it. He's got knockout power. He can take a shot like no one. Yeah, um, but I, I'm really excited to see both of those guys fight again. Um, I think neither of them are scared to fight anyone in that division. They're both uh, sort of quite young up-and-comers. I know Impa's only 26-year-old. Um, I believe he's just coming off the uh, Dana White's Contender Series. So it's, I'm curious to see how both those guys get on in the next couple of fights. Uh, I like both of them. I like both the styles. I like the way they both fight. Yeah, really interested to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, moving on to the main card. Uh, we lost, obviously, the Katatuba fight. How we pronounce his name? Um, real gutted about that fight, but... It is what it is. Um, yeah, it'll get rescheduled. COVID's, COVID's took quite a lot of good fights from us in the last couple of months on cards, so it's been a shame, really. But uh, that fight's been rescheduled like three times now, so yeah, we'll see if we actually get it or not. Um, both guys do not like each other, so yeah, I'd like to see that fight rescheduled, get that watched. But yeah, kicking off the main card was uh, Ricardo Lamas, who was meant to be fighting... Um, Jiu-Jitsu wizard Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall's out with injury, so Bill Agio. Algio, Algio, That's the one, sorry. Bill Algio. Um, he came in. Uh, he's a, another Dana White's contender series fighter. Came in. Great fight. Like, unreal fight right the way through. Real back and forth in the first round and the second round. Uh, Ricardo Lamas just ground... Uh, Algio out in that third round just ground him out beat him up put pressure on him I think um, I think Algio definitely faded in that third round due to the grappling not even I, I think he did but um, yeah man like the first two rounds were so good man like so back and forth um, Bill Algio like no 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 shame lost there he came in and took one of the best Took well, took on one of the best featherweights who's ever done it in the UFC, in my opinion. Ricardo Lamas is a beast, man. Like he's fought everyone, he's fought anyone. Yeah, he's got a great career at featherweight. Um, I think I think Lamas really imposed imposed his will in that third round that really snuck him the victory. But those first two rounds, Ricardo Lamas, I think if he'd went for the calf kick more, I think he could have even stopped the fight by the third round with that. But he really had. Uh, Algio really hurt in those first couple of rounds with that calf kicks and eased off as the fight went on. Um, yeah, great fight, man. Like, oh, fight of the night without a doubt. There's no two ways about it. That was an incredible fight, but great win by Ricardo Lamas. Just showing veterancy, showing, just getting, finding an opening in that skill set of Bill Algio and just grinding him out, man. Really put the pressure on him. Great win. Um, another thing is Ricardo Lamas and his post-fight interview mentioned retirement uh, he's going to talk to his family about that apparently i'll say it now if he retires the guy's 38 year old and he's just took on a young a young gun in in the in the case of uh bill Algeo. man if he retires fair dues he's at the uh you know the back end of 30s he's, he's had an incredible career some great highlights some great wins over some really good names man if you're calling it a day fair enough like, I, I'm quite a big fan of Ricardo Lamas. I've always enjoyed watching him fight. He's always brought it in every fight. He's always, win or lose, he's always fought. He's always fought hard. Yeah, great fighter. Honestly, really underrated guy in my eyes. Really underrated, guys. We had, uh, up next, another female flyweight fight against uh, Ji Young Kim and Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso moving up from strawweight which is 115 pounds. Um, I think she looks quite undersized for the flyweight division, but I also think her speed and boxing is brilliant. 
it's incredible for the division. Um, yeah, great fight again. Like, real back and forth. Both girls brought it. Um, yeah, uh, Alexa Grasso with the decision. I, I thought the first couple of rounds were both could have went either way, but I think as the fight progressed, Alexa Grasso really put it on, uh, really put it on Kim. I think there was just a speed advantage there. Uh, Alexa Grasso's boxing is crisp. Um, she also, for such a small, small person, she throws some heavy bombs. Like she hits hard for a little person, without a doubt. She's not a big girl at all, but my God, she throws some bombs. Um, yeah, great win though. Alexa Grasso's definitely want to watch it fly away, but. I, I do worry whether she's a bit undersized. I don't think there's a lot of giant, powerful women in that division, size-wise, but I do think she just looked quite undersized next to Kim. Still, gets the win. Solid decision win, in my opinion. Great performance as well. Um, now we come to the core man and the main event, which uh, uh, it's a tough one, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Robbie Lawler. Giving up his fourth loss on the belt. I think he's now like one and five in his last six. Uh, by, uh, sorry, Neil Magny. Uh, great game plan. Did everything he needed to do to win the fight. Did Put it on, put, put a great game plan on and got a great performance in there. There's no denying it. Um, yeah, played the, played the game right, as they say. Great fight from Magny. Um, Neil Magny's a workhorse in the welterweight division I think he's uh, now joint second with most wins at welterweight so all credit to the guy man like I, I don't mind Neil Magny I think he's a, he's quite a, quite a great fighter really uh, but Robbie Lawler that's a it's a fucking tough pill to swallow for me personally like Robbie Lawler's a massive favourite of mine I love Robbie Lawler I love watching him fight uh, if any of you follow on social media like this week I put little sort of um, caption about him and that, saying how much I really enjoy his fights. And, yeah, it's a tough one, man. I mean, what do you, what the fuck do you do with a guy who's the former champion on, who's one in, one in five now or something like that, and he's like six? It's a tough one. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's fought nothing but killers. He really has. Like, the losses he's had, bit of controversy there, you know, got outworked into some decision fights, but... In this fight especially, man, he just, yeah, he just seemed to be a bit lacklustre going forward, which is, I think, I think what Robbie Lawler's built his career on in a lot of ways is, it's quite frankly, just his pressure and domination and breaking people with pressure and striking. He, he doesn't seem to be going forward and doing that same. Now, Robbie Lawler's another guy who's 38 years old. He's had a career in MMA for the last... 19, 20 years or so. I don't know what you do with him next. I really don't. Um, did the UFC release him? Let him go over to Bellator or Rising or something like that and have some sort of fun fights before he ends his career? Or, or the other option is you give him one last big fight in the UFC and he retires. They're, they're my options right now. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's a hard one for me. I don't, I don't like it, but this is reality. This is the reality of the sport. Um, you know what I mean? Fighters come and go over the years. There's guys that you admire and love and really genuinely get excited to watch, win or lose. And it comes to the point where, you know, do you, do you really enjoy watching your sort of fighter idols get beat time and time again, especially by young up-and-coming no-names more than anything? By all means, Neil Magnus is no no-name. He's got some amazing wins and some real big names under his under his belt, but yeah, it's a hard one. It's a real hard one for me personally. I, I don't enjoy it, but it is what it is. Um, as soon as I know, you'll know. Like as soon as anything gets announced this next week, I'll put a post up or something like that. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. A great win from Magni. I think Magni can give anyone a good run in the top ten. Does he beat most of them? Probably not, but I think he he, he's, he has competitive fights against anyone in that top fifteen without trying. It's good. It's 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 good time for Magni, bad time for a Robbie Lawler and uh, being a Robbie Lawler fan, I suppose. But every year it must end, I suppose. You just got to look at it like that. Moving on, another real disappointment for me personally: um, Anthony Smith losing a decision to uh, Alexander uh, Rakish. 
Don't get me wrong, Alexander Rakish is a beast. The guy is a huge 205er, powerful striker, and showed in this in this fight more than anything that his top game's legit. He, Anthony Smith's no joke on the ground. He's, he's got some decent jiu-jitsu, and um, yeah, Rakish just took him down and really controlled him. Really did really did a really good job for three rounds. In the first round, he had uh, Anthony Smith really, really hurt with leg kicks. Uh, dropped him with leg kicks for that matter, um, and then that was the, that was the start of the end for Anthony Smith. Just ground him out on the ground the first round. I don't know how badly hurt Anthony Smith's left leg was. I'm in two minds. It must have been quite badly hurt from the leg kicks in the first round, but it's a tough one for Anthony Smith. That's two losses on the belt. Um, TK lost to. Uh, Glover Teixeira and a real controversial, well not controversial, just a real dominant loss to uh, Alexander Rakish. So I don't know what you do with Anthony Smith next. There's plenty of people in that 205 division for him to fight. But um, I think one thing that I think you should be grateful for is a lot of the big names up at the top five are all wrapped up in fights. So, you know, someone like sort of eight to five, or 10 to 5, and those rankings would be perfect for him, but then you've got uh, Alexander Rakish, who's, fuck, like, he's got to move up, he's just dived in and beat the number 5 guy, no problem, so, he's a he's a good he's a good prospect, he's a good contender by the look of it, um, I'd like to see him fight, um, I'd like to see him maybe fight the winner of Thiago Santos and Glover Teixeira, but then again, them two could quite easily get a title shot, so, It'll probably, um, in fact, here you go. Uh, let's get uh, Alexander Rakish facing the loser of Jan Blackowitz and um, Dominic Reyes. There you go. There's there's a nice problem solver there. But yeah, great card. You know what? Big disappointment at the end of the night for me personally. But on the whole of things, like I thoroughly enjoyed the card. I thoroughly enjoyed the fight. I don't think there was a bad fight on the card at all. I enjoyed every one of them, so... Yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, gutted about Robbie Lawler and the whole of things. I really am, and quite quite gutted about Anthony Smith losing as well. I, I really like Anthony Smith as a personality in the sport. I think he's a great um, great guy to have on sort of a lot of the panels and post fight shows and stuff like that. Yeah, all around top guy. And but Alexander uh, Rakish is a beast, and he's one to really keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I think Rakish versus the loser of Reyes and Blackowitz. That would be my big shot there. But we'll see. But yeah, um, yeah, moving on. So the next thing I want to talk about is UFC 254. Uh, I mentioned the main and core man last week. Obviously, the announcement of Dustin Poirier against uh, Tony Ferguson. Huge fight. And I said I didn't really have much information on the rest of the card at the time, but um, it's, they've basically released it and let us know. Um, basically, there's like five cards in the main, sorry, five fights in the main card that look fucking incredible. Um, any one of these fights could headline a could headline a UFC, in my opinion. Um, you've got um, Zabit versus Yair Rodriguez. You've got Islam Makachev versus Rafael Dos, Dos Anjos. You've got uh, Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. You've got Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson. And you have got Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. Fucking hell. Like, that card is something else. Like, I'm praying to the MMA gods that don't take anything from us for this. Like, please take whatever fucking fights you want from the other cards. But don't touch that main card. Jesus Christ, this is a super card. If you're, if you're a newer fan... Um, my God, like you are getting, any fan is getting spoiled to fuck with this card, I am telling you now. I'm going to have a little breakdown of these fights. Small breakdown because we're going to talk about this card a lot in the next couple of weeks, I can imagine. So you've got Zabit versus Yair Rodriguez. This fight has been, been rearranged, rescheduled. Injuries have took this fight from us probably like three, four times now. It's finally going ahead at UFC 254. My God, this this is a prospect's dream fight. Like These two guys are both on that cusp of really breaking into that top five and really getting going against... Basically getting going for a title fucking shot. Um, with this one, I, they're both flashy strikers. 
like both of them, very flashy, very technical strikers. It's quite a, it's a weird one this fight because Zabit, it's a fact. Like it is a fact that Zabit fades towards definitely in the third round of most of his fights. I've seen him fade if it goes that far. Calvin Cater put it on him. Um, I think Jeremy Stevens actually beat him in his fight, but the judges gave it to Zabit. Yeah, Rodriguez, though, is a flashy fucking kicker. Very good kickboxer. Um, I'm going to put it as simple as I can, though. If it goes to the ground, Zabit will fuck him up. In my opinion, just from what I've seen and what I know, Zabit's ground game is no fucking joke. That guy gets some fucking mad submissions. Really good ground and pound. He's got weird fucking uh, judo-esque trips. Yeah, like this is... Stand-up-wise, I think it'll be a flashy fucking war. I really do. If it goes to the ground, I think Zabit mauls the shit out of him. That's just how I see it. Um, I think, yeah, Rodriguez just needs to keep it on the feet and war it out and try and put Zabit away, especially if he goes into the third round. I think Rodriguez runs away with it. But, uh, yeah, great fight, man. Like It's about fucking time we got that fight as well. I think it clears up a lot. A lot in that uh, featherweight division. After that, we've got uh, Islam Makachev, who is uh, Khabib's teammate. Who's an, an he's a silent killer at 155. Like, if people aren't talking about this kid, there will be sooner or later. He's fighting uh, UFC legend Rafael dos Anjos, who's coming back down from welterweight. He's all stomping ground a lightweight, where he was actually the champion for a short time. Very interesting fight. Um, Dos Anjos has struggled against real pressure wrestlers. I think that's that's going to be the mark of this fight. I think if Islam can really pressure Dos Anjos against the cage and just wear on him, just wrestle fuck him against the cage for like three rounds, I think it's Islam's fight to take, but Rafael Dos Anjos is no fucking joke. Great tie boxing, great striking, um, very, very good jiu-jitsu. Underrated wrestling. Get that straight right off the bat. Underrated wrestling. Like he can he can wrestle with the best of them. Um it's whether if he goes to the ground in more of the centre, hey man, Dos Andros has got a nasty guard, he, he might be able to pull some off, but I think it's gonna be Makachev pressuring him against the cage and really beating him up and wearing him out. Um I'm curious to see how the weight cut goes for Dos Andros back down to lightweight. He's, uh, he's quite a thick, thick welterweight nowadays. I presume he's going to diet down and strip down a bit of muscle and that and go from there. But yeah, another great, great fight. Uh, then we've got uh, Robert Whitaker against Jared Cannonier. Um, we are, well, sorry, we. I, I predicted this not long ago. This was sort of one of the fights I called after the Till Whitaker fight. We got both those fights, by the way. Till's fighting uh, Jack Manson now, and Rob Whitaker's fighting Jared Cannonier. Great fight. Cannonier is a fucking knockout striker. Great power. Ex-heavyweight, who cut down from heavyweight to light heavyweight, down to middleweight. He has wins in all three of those divisions as well, by the way. He's no fucking joke. This guy throws bombs for days. Heavy hitter. Very good striking. And then, obviously, you've got the Reaper, Robert Whitaker, who is just an absolute beast. Uh, very underrated wrestling, amazing striking, hard as a coffin fucking nail on top of that. Amazing fight. I don't, it's a pick em for me, that one. Um, I think Whitaker's probably the better fight IQ, probably the the, the crisper, crisper, more technical striker. Canier throws fucking bombs, though. It's, it's a real interesting fight, that, real interesting. But don't get me wrong, Whitaker can knock fuckers out as well, so we'll see how that goes. Great fight, though. Um, then we've obviously got the pre-mentioned from last week, uh, Dustin Poirier against uh, Tony Ferguson. I talked enough about that last week. That fight is going to be a fucking war. There is no way that fight doesn't end up being just an incredible back and forth. I don't even know who takes that. I really don't. Big fan of both. I really am. Uh, yeah, absolute bloodbath would be my prediction. Unreal. Like, just... Incredible fight. Uh, then we've got the main event to basically unify the lightweight championship. You've got uh, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. 
Uh, Khabib's obviously the reigning lightweight champion. In my opinion, he's arguably the best. Yeah, he's the best pound for pound, pound for pound fighter in the world right now, in my opinion. Uh, Khabib is just not to be fucked with. The guy, as everyone knows who Khabib is, everyone knows, I'm telling you the, the basic knowledge of he is possibly the best grappler in MMA when it comes down to just all-out wrestling, pressure, submissions. The guy has it all. He breaks people down and he smashes them. Justin Gaethje is a different animal, though. Justin Gaethje, obviously, is the interim lightweight champion coming off his dem just demolishment of Tony Ferguson earlier this year. It's the, it's the age-old question. Justin Gaethje has a very good wrestling pedigree and has never fucking used it in the UFC, put it that way. This guy has never shot one takedown in his UFC career. This He just stares in the fire and wants to just brawl with fucking everyone. I think stand-up-wise, I think Gaethje makes a mess of Khabib standing up. I really do. Um, can Gaethje scramble? Can he defend the takedown? No other fucker has been able to, really. Uh, maybe Gleason Tebow in Khabib's early UFC career. No one else has really had an answer for Khabib's pressure wrestling. No one has. Does Gaethje? That's the question. Can Gaethje scramble? Can he escape? Can he escape the clinches? Can he can he get back up to his feet? Can he leg kick the shit out of him, uppercut him, hook him, and knock him the fuck out? That is the basic premise of this fight. Um, yeah, but this card is just fucking incredible, man. Like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to watch this fight. Um, not even the fight, the whole card. The whole card is just fucking incredible, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've got that coming up on... Oh, give me two seconds. I want to say October, October 24th, maybe. Let's double check. Yeah, October 24th, Saturday. Um, I'm I'm going to be watching that one live. I'm going to stay up and watch that whole card live, I think. Um, I'm going to try and get a few people around. I might try, if I can fucking get away with it, I might try and do a fight companion. And we might try and go maybe go live on um, JMA Radio. If I can, if I can do it, I will. Um, it's more getting people together. I could, for that matter, I could probably record it over Zoom or something like that as well. I think that's a good a good thing to do. Um, get I'd like to get quite a few of the lads from Raji Rollers in on it. Have a few drinks and watch that. I think that would be amazing crack. I think it would be really good. Really, really good. But yeah, don't hold me to it. But I'm going to try and get a fight companion done for that card. Um, yeah. So up next, I'm going to talk about like just a couple of fights that are coming up in September quickly that I'm absolutely stoked to watch. Um, we've got um, an absolute Brazilian clash between um, <coughs> excuse me um, between uh, MMA legend Glover Teixeira and absolute 205 destroyer uh, Thiago Santos. This this is going to be unreal. It's on uh, September 12th. Their headline in the fight night. There's not many fights announced for that card yet, but my God, like these two guys are going to go at it, like. Obviously, you've got Thiago Santos coming off his uh, decision loss to John Jones for the title. A lot of people thought he won that fight. A lot of people. Whether he did or not, that's a different story altogether. But, like, hell of a fight, that. It was a great fight. He really took it to John Jones. And uh, both his knees were absolutely blew to bits in that fight. I believe he had MCL and ACL surgery on both knees, pretty much. Yeah, um... Tiago Santos is a beast, like a real knockout tie boxer, underrated groundwork from what I've seen, man, he's he has got some absolute bombs on him, he's he's beat down some serious competition, um, he obviously spent a lot of his career down at middleweight, uh, smashed, smashed quite a few people up at middleweight and then moved to 205 and just looked like a new fighter. Um, but Thiago Santos is a fucking killer. Do not get it. Do not get me wrong. He's a destroyer at two or five. I mean, the guys destroyed Eric Anders, Jimmy Manua, and Jan Blackwitz. Just and then he got his title shot. He's a yeah serious contender. And then you've got Glover Teixeira, who is. Let's get one thing straight. The guy's forty year old. Has fought everyone and anyone at two or five. Win or loss, he's 
brought it to them. He's smashed a lot of big names. He has a hell of a repertoire of people he's went through. Um, this guy's 40-year-old, and he's on a fucking four-fight killing spree. Um, they've been feeding him young young up-and-comers, and he's been running through them. You've got Carl Robertson, arm triangle choke finish. Ion, Ion Kutalaba, submission rear naked choke. Nikita Krylov, decision win. And then he's... TKO win over Anthony Smith earlier this year as well. If Glover beats Thiago Santos, give that man a title shot. Give him a fucking shot. Give him one more go. Easy as. Give him give him the winner of uh, Reyes Blackowitz, in my opinion. I think I think he gives Blackowitz a good good run for his money. Um, I think Dominic Reyes would give him some serious problems with the reach, range, and power. But I do think that, fuck it, man. Glover Teixeira on the right night might win that title there. At 40 years old, imagine that as a fucking legendary story. Goes on a killing spree at 40 year old. Like, the guy literally, um, in 2016, KO Richard Evans then went, lost to Anthony Johnson, win over Jared Cannonier, lost to Alexander Gustafsson, uh, beat Misha Serkinov, uh, lost the decision to Corey Anderson, then goes on his four-fight killing spree in the last two years. Man, fuck it, yeah. If he beats Thiago Santos, which is a big order, it's a big ask, give that, give that man a title shot. Give him the winner of uh, Reyes versus Blackowitz, in my opinion. But I'm really excited for that fight, man. I'm a massive fan, massive fan of Glover Teixeira. He's one of my favourite all-time fighters. And I'm a big fan of Thiago Santos. I think the guy's a wrecking machine. Always brings it in a fight. Absolute handful for anyone at middleweight at 205. Diverse knockout striker versus heavy hitting jiu-jitsu ace. It, it's unreal. It's a great fight. Trust me, get excited about that fight if you're not. Um, on September 19th, we've got Colby Corbett versus Tyron Woodley. Another exciting fight. These two fucking hate each other as well. Which just The, the build-up to this fight is going to be fucking quality. Hopefully they're both going to just talk mad shit to each other. I think both guys are pretty much... Both guys are dicks, really. Like, it's that whole... Whoever loses this, you it's it's win-win. Like, I actually really like Colby Covington. Like, as a fighter, I think he's an absolute talent. As a human being, he's a fucking idiot. But um, same with Woodley. Woodley, oh God, Woodley's frustrating. Woodley cannot freeze up in this fight. If he freezes up like he has in his last couple against the likes of Usman and Burns, Covington's going to do the same thing to him. He's going to run through him. He's just going to pressure him. He's going to outwork him. He's going to grind him out. And he's going to make it an ugly fight. Woodley has legit one-shot knockout power. That overhand right Woodley's got is one of the most terrifying weapons in MMA. It's... This is it though, like, he just freezes up against the cage. I think he's had far too much success with people pressuring him against the cage. He's backs against the cage and he throws off one of those absolute bombs and KOs them or severely hurts them and then gets back in the fight. Like, Covington won't do that. Covington will literally pressure him against the cage and just keep pressuring him and will not stop. Covington has some of the best cardio in MMA. He will. He, I think he runs through Woodley unless Woodley lands one of those uh, signature bombs. I think it's going to be a bad night for Woodley. But yeah, the build-up will be funny though. Both guys hate each other. Massive history, obviously. Uh, Covington was the interim welterweight champ. Woodley was the uh, inaugurated welterweight champ. Yeah, let's see how that plays out. But I think Covington just works him three, well, five rounds and just works him and grinds him out and beats him personally. But we will see. And then we've got September 26th. We have got uh, UFC 253, which is looking very interesting. Um, it's another card where um, it's started to really come together. Uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of Aussie lads fighting in that fighting on this card. I'm telling you now, Shane Young versus uh, Nate Landwehr. Landwehr. That'll be an unreal fight. Kai Kara France is a handful. Um, you've got Diego Sanchez versus Jake Matthews. That will be an amazing fight. I guarantee it. Two really good grapplers. Veteran versus young guy. Great fight. 
Uh, Hakeem Dawodu, great fighter, absolute incredible striker. He's versus um, uh, Zubara uh, Tukugov. Uh, I've seen that guy fight a few times. He's powerful, powerful featherweight, man. Then you've got um, Brazilian ace uh, Claudia Gadelia versus Jan. I can't pronounce her second name, so I'm not going to try. Um, Gadelia's a, a great fighter, great strawweight. Uh, former, uh, no, sorry, I lie. I was going to say she went up in weight, she didn't. But uh, Claudia Gadalia is is a amazing jiu-jitsu practitioner. Real pit bull attitude to fighting. Like goes in head first, throws throws punches. Um, yeah, great fight there. We've got the light heavyweight title fight of Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blakowicz. That is going to be a barn burner. Um, and then we've got the main main event is Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. That fight card has came out of nowhere. It not long ago. Maybe like a month ago, that fight card looked very, it looked poor. For such a big fight as Israel versus Costa, the fight the fight card itself just didn't look anything special, I'll be honest. And I rarely say that about cards. But yeah, that card is really shaping up to be something amazing right now. So I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa is a great fight. Both guys don't like each other. It's... Skilled technical striker versus Brazilian brawler. It's going to be amazing. Like I think it, the, it's not going to be like Israel versus Romero. It, I think Paulo Costa is going to walk forward and try and take Israel out. Can Israel avoid it and snipe Acosta with one of those fucking pinpoint shots? I don't know. It's an interesting fight, man. Really interesting fight. But yeah, September's looking fucking mint right now for fights. Really good. And then October's looking like it's picking up as well. So, yeah, it's really interesting. But, yeah, they're all fights that you should really keep an eye out for, man. Like, UFC 253 is looking amazing. Uh, Covent and Woodley. The card itself isn't looking much. It's not looking anything special. But that main, that main event, that's going to be awesome. The Santos versus Teixeira card has basically got next to no fights on it right now. But, bear with Bear with me, as soon as any fights get announced for that, I will let you know, give my take on that. But yeah, um, yeah, really interesting, really great month ahead of us for fighting. A lot of big fights, a lot of big cards coming up. That uh, UFC 254 card is just, oh, like chef's kiss, like, mwah, like, amazing. Um, there is actually something else I want to talk about with that, actually. Um, I actually announced it in the week, I was really excited for... Uh, Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira, which was announced for that card, and then that obviously didn't come to fruition. And now Dos Anjos is in instead of Charles Oliveira. So apologies for that false information. It, it did get announced that that was going to be the fight, but you know me, I do not like giving out clickbait, false information, and making up fights just so people will be fucking interested. It pisses me off when fucking pages do that. I get really fucked off by journalists and MMA pages on Facebook and it winds me up when people are talking absolute nonsense just so people will engage and give them a like. Go go fuck yourself if you're doing that. You you, you just it's just disenfranchising the whole spot. So yeah, fuck you if you're doing that basically. Yeah, I'll leave it at that but yeah, um just before I leave today, uh next weekend we have got Alistair Overeem against Augusto Saki. Oh, I know I've just talked about how it's rare when there's cards that don't really get me excited, but this is this is genuinely one of them, to be honest. And I, I hate saying that, man. Like, I'll watch the card. Like, I think these are the cards that... These cards with, like, a lack of uh, pull power and star power on them are often the cards that surprise you the most. This card, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard to get excited about this card. Uh, obviously, Alistair Overeem, one of the most... Accomplished men in MMA, uh, heavyweight legend, K1 legend, strike force legend, pride legend, all around legend. Big fan of Alistair Overeem. He's fighting um, Brazilian uh, heavyweight Augusto Saki. I'm excited for that fight, don't get me wrong. I am. It's uh, veteran versus up and comer. Always exciting. Um, Saki's like 15 and 1. Alistair Overeem's record is 46 and 18. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, 
but yeah, you got the core man, uh, Sajara Eubanks, who's a, a decent fighter. She really is woman's bantamweight, real gritty fighter. She's fighting um, Carol Rosa. Meh, interesting, I suppose. I like watching Eubanks fight. I actually do. I'm quite a big fan of Eubanks. But then after that, you've got uh, Michael Pereira, who is just a bit of a flashy knob. Um, Ricky Simon versus Brian Kelleher. That will be an interesting fight. That will be a good fight. Otherwise, from that, there's not a lot of fights on this card that are really dragging me in. I think it's a lot of new and upcoming up guys, a lot of debuters. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'll be watching it next weekend. Um, I'm actually off next weekend, so I'll be able to watch it, watch it, and get the show done. This show done early bells on Sunday and get it out here. Yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I don't think there's going to be uh, not a lot to talk about about that, really. Overeem versus Saki is a great fight. Like, it's a really interesting fight, but the rest of them are very much, I don't know. I'm hoping I come on next week and I go, fuck me, what an amazing card. I was wrong, but there's just not a lot of pull on this card coming up this weekend. There's just not, I'm just being realistic. There's just not a lot of fights that are really dragging me in, getting me excited to watch it. Obviously, I watch it. I watch every card, don't get me wrong. So yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, moving on, and I think I'll leave it there for today. Uh, thank you all very much for listening, as always. Um, get yourself out there, like the Facebook page, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, go like JMA Radio, thank you to them, as always, for giving me a platform to do this. Uh, shout out to Timmy's Bar and Kitchen, our sponsor. Not much more than that for today, really. Uh, take care of all yourselves. Look after yourselves. Be safe. Uh, eventually, this fucking godforsaken pandemic will fuck off with any luck and we'll be all right. But until then, stay safe, man. Be sensible. Don't be going and partying too much in pubs and shit like that and getting COVID. No one wants that shit. Uh, but yeah, look after yourselves. Love you all. Take care. Um, yeah, bye-bye.